0: Hi everyone, this is Nidao Sahir and I am back with my final post slash episode on a mental health illness very prevalent these days, depression. Quick update guys, in addition to my IGTV videos and my podcast Intricately Straightforward which is available on Anchor and Spotify, I have decided to post the transcript of these video audio files on my Tumblr page too. So, to access the content that I post on social media, you can follow me on Instagram. My IG handle is insta_seher. I-N-S-T-A-S-A-H-R. You can find my podcast called Intricately Straightforward on Anchor and Spotify. And you can read my articles and video transcripts on my Tumblr page, Seher Tumbles, The Musings of Nidao Seher. Call it what you want, self-promotion or braggadocio, but I just want my content my hard work to reach a large audience, so that people can watch, read or listen to it and know that there is someone out there in the world who understands them, who actually gets what they are going through. If I am able to help even one person by means of my social media content, then I am going to feel I have done my work, because there is going to be one more happy person in the world there'll probably be one less life lost. The overall positive quotient of humanity might increase, even if it's by positive 0.01 points. This is why I don't just post stuff on the internet. I also try my best to do what I post in real life. I listen to my family members and friends when they want to talk to me. I talk to them when they feel down. Because, you know, I want them to feel heard. I want them to know that I'm here for them, that they're not alone, that we're going to get through this no matter what. Because to be honest, each and every one is different. And you know, all of us don't possess the so-called skills to deal with the curveballs life throws our way. Some of us have more issues than others. And it's totally normal to feel overwhelmed, sad and troubled. And you know in such times it actually helps to have someone lend their ear to you, hear you out, talk to you. I remember the time when I was in 10th grade and my English teacher had once told us that she had seen a sign outside a cardiac surgeon's office that said, If you'd have opened your heart out to your loved ones, then I wouldn't have to open your heart today. Guys, and that brings us to the topic of discussion in today's episode, pathogenesis of depression, that is, how depression develops. See, depression is a multifactorial illness, meaning that it has no particular one cause, you can't pinpoint. It depends on multiple factors, all these factors can be summarized under one heading, stress. Before we go ahead, I would like to make you acquainted with the medical definition of stress. Stress is a physical, mental or emotional factor that causes bodily or mental tension. Stresses can be external, that is from the environment, psychological or social situations or internal, that is illness or from a medical procedure. I have made a flowchart, I have posted it on Instagram and Tumblr that shows what factors cause stress. You can see it there. So, I will just try to explain it. There are physical factors like bodily injury and physical illness. Chronic persistent injury or illness, for a longer time than normal, causes physical distress. And, you know, it is normal to feel dependence and helplessness. This acts as stress and can cause depression, especially if other factors act in synergism with them. Mental and emotional factors have a direct role to play in causing depression. Like staying in a place where the environment for residing, studying or working is not conducive, having a stressful atmosphere in the family, for example fighting parents, gaslighting, parental pressure, conflicting views in the family all the time, Domestic violence, childhood violence, physical, mental and emotional abuse. All these things are responsible for mental trauma and cause depression. Environmental factors indirectly cause depression. Like unhygienic condition, pollution, substandard water and air quality cause physical health distress and mental distress. Research has shown that greenery and colourful flowery plants around a person reduces the chances of depression to a certain extent. Now let's come to social factors like bullying, racial discrimination, ragging, isolation, oppression play a significant role in causing depression. You know, these factors are individually vast topics of discussion in their own right. I'll try covering them in detail in my podcast or Instagram in further episodes, but I'll try discussing them in short here. All these have one thing in common. Blatant disregard for basic humanity and courtesy. In schools, colleges and workplaces, some people feel that commenting on someone's looks weight, body type, dressing style, behavior, makes them look cool. And you know, without even taking into consideration other person's feelings, they bully them and create a long-lasting emotional scar in that person's life. Discrimination on the basis of race, caste and religion makes a person question their own birth and their very existence. Isolating someone from your group or not talking to them and not involving them in activities in schools, colleges or workplaces just because they have a different point of view, a different and possibly better ideology as to how things should be around there is one of the most terrible things you can put a person through. Ragging or the so-called senior supremacy in educational institutes and places of work You know, it involves belittling, forcing someone to do things against their will, waking them up at odd hours and coercing them to do things for your entertainment. You know, just for a momentary cheap laugh. Simply goes to show that you're insecure about yourself. And you need to trivialize or ridicule and discredit someone younger or junior to you to feel better about yourself. Don't project your insecurities onto others. Try solving them yourself. You know, people go to therapy because of people who refuse to go to therapy. Okay, so first, you know, make peace with your own issues. Now that we've understood stress, let's go ahead and understand how it affects the brain and various systems of the body to cause this complex disorder called depression. Again, I've shared a flowchart that I took from Oxford Psychiatry Library on my Instagram and Tumblr which I'll try to explain as simply as possible. See, the human body is made of cells and all cells have DNA in their nucleus. A functional segment of DNA is called a gene. Now there was this human genome project. It estimated that humans have between 20,000 to 25,000 genes and every person has two copies of each gene, one inherited from each parent. Okay, So, these genes contain the instructions or code for our individual characteristics, for proteins in our body and for various other functional aspects. So, basically, genes are responsible for every atom, every molecule that functions together to make you, you. With this background, I'll try explaining the correlation between biological, psychological and social factors. Okay see our genetics play a role in deciding our personality our 24 hour body clock and help in coding for various chemicals of our body Okay. now we know the human body is an ever changing ever improving system it is flexible, adaptable so apart from our genes external factors also play a role in altering the internal environment of the body there are life experiences and life stresses they affect our 24-hour clock. For example, exam fear doesn't let us sleep well. And on the other hand, a day of hard work and labor causes us to sleep early. Okay? So, this life experience and, and stress affects our 24-hour clock, which in turn affects the amount of hormones, chemicals, and inflammatory substances released in the body. So, these experiences and stresses they also help us in shaping our personality, our relationships and our work leisure time. And now if we go in reverse, relationships and work leisure balance contribute to experience and stress on a day-to-day basis, which in turn affects chemicals released in the body and the 24-hour clock. Then there are illnesses and medications. They cause disturbance in the normal course of life and contribute to imbalance in internal body environment okay so as long as these factors work together in harmony the human body and the human brain can recuperate after any kind of stress and if there is an imbalance on either side that is if there is an internal disturbance in the body or if there is more external stress than we can handle there occurs chaos in the body molecules start acting up, they either flare up or decrease substantially and then starts the cascade of depression. See, this is the overall picture I have tried to paint in simple colors. Let's take a closer look. The reason why I am elucidating this in such great detail is because I really want you all to understand how every mean act, horrible behavior, no matter how small or unintentional, adds up and impacts another person's life. You know, if it were so insignificant, then there would be no sub-specialization and super-specialization for psychiatry. People contribute a significant portion of their lives studying about it so that they can help us out. And here we are creating stigma and hate for those who want to seek help. Here we are not being mindful of our words and actions. You know, it takes very little to be kind, friends. You don't need money or power to be kind. Now I'm about to tell you how stress actually shrinks or enlarges various parts of the brain. And if that doesn't scare you as to how your actions might actually affect someone else, I don't know what will. I have shared two more flowcharts on Instagram and Tumblr that highlight how stress of any kind affects various body systems and eventually causes depression. I'm trying to explain them here in brief and in a simplified way. See, there is an almond-shaped cluster of nerve cells in the brain called amygdala responsible for the regulation of emotions and reactions. On exposure to stress for a long duration, there is an increase in the activity of amygdala as a coping mechanism with a simultaneous shrink in size. Now understand this in this manner. There is too much activity and not enough space to go about. It is but natural that it is going to have a negative effect which is exactly what happens here. There occurs a mood bias towards negative emotions. Then there is a seahorse-shaped area in the brain called hippocampus, which is responsible for motivation, emotion, learning, and memory. Due to stress, it shrinks in size. And this hippocampus is a part of the papay circuit, an integration of various areas in the brain responsible for long-term memory. So this shrink in size leads to impaired learning Impaired memory and decreased motivation. Then there is an area called anterior cingulate gyrus responsible for emotions and cognition. On chronic stress exposure, it makes a person sensitive to even small amount of stress. This differs from gender to gender. Because females have more grey matter in the anterior cingulate gyrus, Hence, the reduction in its volume affects them more as compared to males. Similar differences are seen in trans men and women. Then there is this prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for paying attention, processing of information and execution of actions. Stress decreases PFC prefrontal cortex activity, which messes up with the reward system of the brain. And leads to anhedonia, that is the inability to feel pleasure. No matter what the person does, they don't seem to feel happy or satisfied. Then there is this serotonin dysfunction. You know this serotonin is called the happy chemical because it is responsible for happiness and well-being. Serotonin dysfunction is believed to be the reason behind depression, which is why most psychiatrists prescribe selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, SSRIs, for the treatment of depression. Then there is endocrine and catecholamine dysfunction which causes irritation, agitation, retardation of mood, impaired cognitive function and impaired reward function. So you see guys, depression isn't as superficial and in the head as it seems. It is the result of a complex mechanism in the brain and in the whole body, the roots of which are traced back to stress of any kind. And you know, stress is not inbuilt or inborn generally. One person undergoes stress because of the activities of other people around them. Why don't we start being nice to each other, accept each other as we are, and keep in mind that we've all evolved from the same common ancestor and we're all fundamentally of the same human race. Is it so hard? You know, think about it. With this, I end my series on depression and I'll be back again with a new topic. Until next time, Toodles!